Welcome to the Beyond the Box Score podcast. In this episode, Coach Cap interviews Robert Burlingham. He's the Director of Basketball Operations for McNeese State. Coach, how's it going? Doing well, Coach. How are you? Doing well. Want to give yourself a, a brief introduction to our listeners? Yeah, for sure. So uh, my name is Robert Burlingham. I'm the current director of ops here at McNeese State University in in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Okay, good stuff. Talk about growing up in Atlanta. Yeah, so growing up in Atlanta, I grew up there, uh, moved to uh, North Carolina, was five. But growing up in Atlanta, man, I just, I love being in the big city. Uh, We were out in DeKalb County. Uh, My dad worked for Arthur Anderson at the time. But so it's kind of short, a quick, short memory, man. But, you know, I love Joe. I love Georgia. Georgia always has a special place in my heart. Um, Atlanta, Georgia, though, I love I love driving through there, visiting there as much as I can. But I got a special place for that city in my heart, man. What was your basketball career like as far as playing? Yeah, so I played, uh, I was kind of a late bloomer, man. I played in high school, um, played at Asheville Christian Academy in uh, Swannanoa, North Carolina. Um, so played there, played, uh, played some guard. Um, like I said, I was a late bloomer, man. I played uh, I was doing a lot of, I played all sports when I was younger and then I more focused on soccer. And then I got switched over to basketball. My love for basketball fell. And I think I attribute soccer a lot because my footwork, man, like I, I pride myself on defense more than anything. And my footwork is really key in guarding people, staying in front of your man. So played point guard for uh, Asheville Christian uh, state championship junior year. And then senior year, we went back to the final four and uh, we had a successful season. And that was a, that was a special team. You know, you, you talk about moving to North Carolina. You end up being a student manager at UNC Asheville. How did that come about? Yeah, so well, I was actually at a Liberty University for a little bit. Um, and after my sophomore year, just had this, I just didn't have any motivation to do anything, honestly. I mean, I was in cruise control. So I came back home, said, you know what, I'm going to work. I'm just going to work, um, get a job, and I'm going to take some classes um, online at the, uh, the, the community college around home. And, uh, so I ended up working, uh, at the grocery store on Merriman Avenue where UNC Asheville is closed. So I was just kind of doing a little bit of everything in the back and, uh, Eddie Biedenbach would always come through. And as a little kid, like, you know, I said, I moved to Asheville in 1995. So like Asheville has been, Asheville's home for me. My parents still live there. So I used to go to UNCA games all the time. And Eddie Biedenbach, was kind of it's kind of like the let you know the legend of UNC Asheville basketball kind of took it from nothing made it something especially in his last few years like just really dominated the Big South had some all all conference players and they he had uh, Kenny George who was seven seven nine so I remember uh, I, I always talked to Eddie Biedenbach a very approachable guy and a super super nice guy and I asked him I said you know hey what would, what would it take for me so I didn't play college basketball I, like, I didn't even have a degree yet but I was like what would it take for me to uh to be a student manager, um, you know, like how, how can I get involved? He goes, you know what? He's like, just keep talking to me, keep keep coming to games. So my off days, I'd go to their games. Um, I just got real close with him. I'd see him in the store. He'd always talk to me. I'd just ask him a little nuggets piece in there. And uh, so at the end of the season, I was like, hey, coach, I'd love to be a part of the program. Um, I was like, I just, I don't know how to get in. And he's like, well, let me tell you, he's like, I just took a job as the assistant coach at UNC Wilmington. Um, so I immediately, my heart was crushed. I was like, well, there kind of goes my only chance. But he said, hey, my assistant coach is a high-profile assistant coach. He's a young guy coming up in the league. He goes, I've already, he's like, if he gets the job, he goes, I guarantee he's like, I'll, I'll make sure you have a spot there. 
So that's how, you know, meeting Coach Biedenbach in a grocery store every time he come through. And so I was like, you know what? I, so I kept, I remember I was like, I don't even know who this Nick McDevitt guy was. I was like, but I prayed. I was like, I hope Nick McDevitt gets this job. And sure enough, Nick McDevitt got the job. And, uh, you know, me not realizing, I, you know, I got his phone number from Coach. I called him, didn't get an answer. But he's a head coach, brand new head coach. He's busy, had more important things to do. So finally just said, screw it. Went on my off day, went to uh, his offices and he was there and I uh, introduced myself. He, had, he knew who my name was and he gave me the manager his first managers, uh, first job as head coach at UNC Asheville. You know, I got to ask, was uh, Coach Biedenbach a coupon uh, user or? Well, what was his go-to at the grocery store? Yeah, he was always going through uh, – I mean, he, he's kind of an all-around guy, man. He's grabbing literally anything from produce, you know, grabbing grabbing some uh, protein, whether it was like chicken, you know, seafood, whatever it was. I just – you know, so he's kind of all over the type uh, – all over the store type of guy. What was that first interaction like with Coach McDevitt? I know you said, you know, first-time head coach, everyone's hitting him up, he's busy. What was that first interaction like, though? I, uh, you know, I, I'm of the mindset, man, like when you, when, when, when someone, when someone shows you who they are the first time, believe them. And I remember walking down there and I introduced myself to him and I just got this really good vibe, like, you know, big smile on his face, shook my hand, firm handshake, you know, just talked to me. I mean, he was in the middle of doing gear inventory with one of his assistants, Brett Carey, and he, uh, he was talking with me and just very kind and compassionate guy. And I told him my story, I just told him, and, you know, he, he already known a little bit of who I was. And he's like, I right, was like, when things get settled down here in the fall, I talked, I was talking in the spring. He's like, when things get settled down here, like end of summer in the fall, because coach Carey's going to, you know, reach out to you. And sure enough, coach Carey sometime like early August hit me up, got my number and said, Hey, come through the office. We'll kind of go through your roles you know, and so that's why Coach Carey introduced me to Madison Davis, uh, who's the director of ops there. And, uh, you know, Maddie, Maddie was Maddie's one of my favorite people in the world, man. Just show me, you know, how to get stuff done, whether it was laundry, gear inventory, rebounding, being there for workouts. And so I was like, you know what, I'm, you know, I ended up leaving my job at the store. I was like, I'm going to focus all my time on this and my schooling. So, you know, I left a job that was paying me to being a volunteer student manager. And like, honestly, man, I was like, it was, that's, that was the best, like best thing I've ever done in my life. I was able to, uh, I was able to really develop relationships and see how a college program was run. You know, the Charlotte, Charlotte Bobcats at the time came for the training camp and, uh, and I was just like starstruck, man. I said, Michael Jordan walking through, uh, Patrick Ewing was walking through, Kemba Walker, Ramon Sessions, those type guys. And, so it was pretty cool to see that, but then also see, you know, see how coaches work. So I saw, I was able to have the NBA thing for about a week in my own facilities. And then I was also able to transition right into college with my college team. Oh, that's good stuff. I got to ask what caused you to leave UNC Asheville? I know you, you moved on to Western Carolina. Yeah. So I wanted to get a sport management degree and my dad, this is a funny story about Western, man. My dad pushed for Western Carolina my whole high school career. And I was like, nah, nah, that's too close to home. It's too close to home. And sure enough, you know, God, God always works in mysterious ways and great ways. 
So I was like, you know what? I kept looking for sport management, talked to a guidance counselor over there and said, all right, send your stuff in. We'll see if you can get in. Sure enough, I got in. I had sport management. It's one of the higher rated sport management programs in the Southeast. And so that's, it was hard to leave UNC Asheville. Um, Cause I just, you know, I feel like to me, the first spot that you're in is always special, but you know, little, little did I know like God was just preparing me for, for, you know, for a lot of things in my life and a lot of people who were influential. And, you know, I, it was, like I said, it was kind of hard, it was hard, but uh, working for coach Larry Hunter, um, like it made all the sense in the world, man. Talk about the late, great Larry Hunter and what he was like as a boss. Yeah, like, forgive me, forgive me, get like a little emotional, man. Like, it's just, I, that, that was, that was, Larry Hunter was more than a coach. Uh, Larry Hunter was a father figure. Larry Hunter was, uh, you know, a leader. Larry Hunter's a motive, my motivation. Uh, I, I find myself saying things all the time to my players. You like keep chopping wood or get on your horse. Um, you know, like I said, I mentioned earlier, I was on cruise control a lot, man. And that I remember one day, Larry, Larry's all about accountability. He's old school. He's coach. Larry's all about accountability. I remember he, we were walking through the tunnel playing Mercer and he ended up just chewing my tail out in the hallway about, cause I had a D in my stats class. And he goes, if you don't get this grade up, by the end of next week, do not come back to my program. And, and I remember walking out and some of my friends were like, you good? I was like, I look like I saw, they said like, look, I saw a ghost. I'm like, uh, you know, my parents would cuss me out or get on me for grades. It's like, that's just your mom and dad. And he's, he's telling me as like, he's about to strip something away. And lo and behold, I finished the class with an A minus. Um, Larry, Larry, man, like was the most, I think about him every single, like, honestly, I'm, it's no, no, I think about him every single day, every other day, and just, you know, go through videos of him or photos of him, just watching coach, looking up his records. Like, Larry Hunter was amazing, man. He's an amazing man. You know, it sounds like you really enjoyed your time at Western. You know, once a Bulldog, always a Bulldog, though. You returned to UNC Asheville as the assistant Dobo uh, from the spring of 2016 until the end of the summer. What was it like having Macy O'Teague in Asheville? Oh man, yeah. So, yeah, I went back, had to do the internship. So I, they called Coach McDevitt. He goes, "Yeah, come back." He says, "You know how everything works here." So, I was working there, man. I remember this this kid, just kind of like this tall, kind of lanky, lanky six three, six four guard. And I was like, "Man, this kid got like he kind of like you kind of tell you know when around some players and you see this guy, he just kind of came in. He just had this like this glow and this confidence about him. And and then I remember he walked in and Madison was like, "Yo, this guy is like." this guy is the dude because I, I had Andrew Rousey my first uh my first go around so I was like man Andrew Rousey you know we all know what he did at Asheville and Marquette and and they were like yeah this basic T kids like the same same type of player he was he, friendly guy that's what I love about him man he he talked to you he, he just he'd keep it you know he, he wasn't above anybody that's why I love Maceo and I root for Maceo like to this day like he's just a down-to-earth type guy he's very talented guy though he was he was one of those guys who come in the gym his, his class was a freshman, but he's playing like he's like a redshirt senior. Does part of you wish that you stayed on staff? I know you mentioned kind of an internship, but, you know, they win the Big South Championship, playing the NCAA tournament. Like, I missed out on coaching, uh, you know, state championship actually two in the high school level uh, when I went to go take my college job. So I can only imagine, man, uh, talk about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I figured this is going to be brought up because I remember when it happened, I came back. They're like, oh, you should have you just stayed, man. You should have stayed. And yeah, like 
I wish I had a, I had a, I went dancing with them, man. But you know, like I said, it's all God's plan. And I'm glad I need to do a lot of growing up. And I believe God put Larry and coach Larry and coach Brig and coach Willie and coach Wilson um, and Q all, all in my life and coach McDonald all my life to help me grow as a man and a coach just to better prepare me for I am who today. So yeah, I missed out on a, I missed out on a ring. Um, missed out on a championship, the one shining moment time. But uh, you know, at the same time, I, you know, I get, I work for a hall of fame coach at, you know, that's how I kind of balance it. I work for a hall of fame number a top 20 coach ever. So um, in, in terms of wins, so it, yeah, it, it, there's a little burn there, but at the same time, I, I got to work for a hall of fame coach at the end of the day. Wow, that's a fair trade-off. Yeah, exactly. You know, become an assistant coach at Spire Academy from August, 2016 to January, 2017. How many teams do they have? And, and who are some of the other coaches at Spire during your time there? Yeah, man. So, so when we, we got up to Spire, we had a high school team and two post-grad teams. Um, you know, some, some coaches there were, you know, Dave Brisky, I think he came from Caltech, uh, you know, and Will, Will Morrow, he played at uh, Edinburgh, uh, Edinburgh, excuse me, Edinburgh, um, one of like the best players of all time out of that school. And so he came on. Um, so, you know, we had a few teams there. Like I said, we had two post-grad in high school and I kind of like bounced between both just to have, you know, I think it was a good too, because you had a relationship with everybody. Um, but yeah, I, I actually, again, this is, it's crazy. I look back, like, I mean, I, I ended up, I could arguably probably have this in my, my back pocket, but I think I'm pretty sure I coached the tallest guy. Um, one of the tallest people to ever play basketball is Robert Bobrovsky, seven, nine, like seven, nine, actually seven, nine, um, funny kid, funny kid. Yeah. He, he had a dry sense of humor, man. I, so it was fun to work out with him, kind of be, kind of be, you know, boys with him. He and I had the same birthday, same initials. So we had a little, we had a good little bond there. Try to keep up with him every so often, but he's just, you know, it's always like I talked to him, I pick up where I left off with him. Um, so it was, it was a good experience though, man. It was my first, Coach Hunter actually got me that job. They, uh, I believe it was Bobby Bossman sent, he was sending emails. He was like, hey, do you know anyone who could be a coach? He'd just kind of send mass emails. So Coach Hunter, I remember him forwarding me the email. He goes, check your catamount email. I saw that. And so he, you know, Coach Hunter, that was another way of him just helping out, sent me, sent me that. So I apply on it, got on it. And sure enough, like this is the Lord opened doors. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, coach is only seven nine. You know, they always say big guys want to be guards and guards want to be bigs. How much did he lobby to, you know, bring the ball up the court and, you know, uh, flourish and show off those guard skills? He, so he, he wasn't like, he, he, well, I would work with him and he, he was pretty good, like getting in the post and I mean, working on little things. It was, you know, it was easy obviously for him because he didn't have to do too, too much, but it was just, I was working on like a lot of footwork and positioning and catching the ball, working on, you know, guys all around him. He, I'll tell you this though, he, you had, you had to let him shoot threes because he's, you know, he's, he's, Rom uh, he's from uh, Romania. So he's all, you know, there's Euro bigs. They love the Euro players. They love to shoot. Um, they're more fundamentally sound in a lot of ways. Um, so he loved to shoot. So he, you know, he'd watch Pau Gasol, Dirk here and there. Um, so he, he didn't try to bring the ball up the floor, but he sure he's like, coach, can, can, can we get like 200 shots up today from three? I'm like, yeah, of course. So, and he, was, he could shoot the ball. I'll give him that. He could shoot the ball, have a nice little form. You know, from Spire, you moved on to Carolina Day School back in Asheville. I know you helped with the JVN varsity team. I'm curious, did you teach? And then how did you grow as a coach during your time there? Yeah, man. So so I came back and had to leave Spire. Uh, had 
you know, like I said, I ended up playing college, man. I just, I was, I was young and dumb, didn't take care of my body. So like my knee kind of just like started giving out on me. So I had to come back and get a, an, another ACL surgery. So I was like, well, while I'm back here rehabbing, I want to still be a part of the game because I'd always been told if you're out of the game, it's, or, you know, if you try to get out of the game, it's not, you can't take like a four or five year plan off. Like you gotta be like, you gotta be in the game somehow, some way, whether it's like recruiting, running a recruiting database, AAU, whatever it is. So um, Carolina Day, it's a funny little story. Like I played at Asheville Christian in Carolina Day. I used to like, I used to foam at the mouth when we played basketball. And man, like I probably, that's where I probably picked up a lot of the attitude from. I'd always try to go to Carolina Day, let them have it. It was a good little rivalry. And then sure enough, I go there and coach. Um, so I got that, David Robinson, we coached in the same AAU program. We just got the job and he was looking for coaches. He already had Cody Frady there. Um, great basketball mind over there, Cody Frady and David. David was really good at, you know, special player development and player relations. So it was a young staff. So I was able to hop on there and it was cool, man. Cause I had never coached high school. You know, I'd never coached high school, played it, but you had to like, it, it was good for me to grow. Cause it helped me learn. Like, you know, I'm used to college where like, you know, I say I had coach Hunter, who is like accountability to the max and coach McDevitt was a detail to the max. So I was able to I have to find that balance where I was like, all right, I can't, coach these guys like they college guys because I'm coaching I'm going from being around guys who are in their 20s to guys who are or you know we had middle schoolers on our JV team so you had to learn how to bond with them but also hold them accountable help them grow up so that's what helped me man was just like being more relational based and you know to this day like I, I still talk to like this last senior class got like, one of them's at a uh, University of Miami one of them's is uh one of them just uh, he's in boot camp right now with the Air Force. And I had those guys on my JV team and just to have good relationships with them. They're like my little brothers in my life. So it helped me grow relationships and get to know people on a more personal basis and help see what I can get them going with. Bob Williams hires you at, at West Virginia Tech during his final season there before retiring from his illustrious career, 403 wins. Uh, you know, you're a part of 30 of those. Uh, Golden Bears go 30 and five that season. River State's conference regular season and conference tournament championship advanced to the NAIA and national tournament. What's it like going on such a tear like that? Dude, man, yeah. So I got to give, I, Bob is my guy. I love Bob. Um, he He's my guy for a lot of reasons, but I love that man because he shared, he and I, I've never found someone who likes Buffalo wings as much as I do. So we, everywhere we go on the road, we always try, we put our heads together and try to find some wings together. So um, Bob, uh, I, I owe Bob a lot because I, at that point I got the job because I, I, I was trying to get a GA spot, some schools and met Ryan Wise, um, one of my closest friends in this business. And I, and he saw, he said, Hey man, my old boss is looking for a full-time assistant because his full-time assistant left to be GA at Florida state. And then Ryan left for Mercer to be GA. So Ryan got me that job. And for Bob to take a guy, like, I mean, it's just a division one manager and then coach high school. Like I didn't, I've never recruited in my life. None of that. And Bob was like, you know, I, took a chance on me, trusted me and believed in me. So that's a big time. I, I love, I love coach, coach Bob for that. So to be on a tear, man, I, I swear, I still think about that to this day. I still have some of the games saved on my laptop, like the championship game. Um, I, it was, it was so surreal. Um, you know, I got a little paranoid because, you know, we started off, you know, 
you know, one few then last and then one, you know, one, like one, four and then last. And I was like, I, you know, I knew this team was good off my visit. And then, you know, we had a you know, D one uh, transfer, Elisha Boone. Uh, and I'll tell you this right now. Um, I coached the NAI level. I don't care what anybody says, like, go ahead and scratch out y'all's mind. If you try to look down on levels, man, like I'm telling you, like Elisha Boone, Brandon Shingles, Tommy Collins, Junior Array, um, like some of those guys were more talented than I've seen guys at higher levels. And, you know, it's just, it's opportunity being, it's all about who you know and the networking and being there at the right place. So that was crazy. Like I remember looking and like, we'd win like eight or nine in a row and then lose one and then win five in a row and then lose one. And it was just, it was crazy, man. So like towards conference, cause I was like, all right, man, like at that point conference, I was like, I remember I told coach, I was like, I'm not, I'm acting like we, I'm acting like we're under 500 because I don't want to get in my own head. Cause you know, as a coach, lead assistant, the coach and as head coach, you know, we got to set the examples. It starts from the top. So I was like, I'm going into this, like it's do or die. Like we, like we got to like get in by the skin of our teeth and uh, man, like coach Williams was perfect in account, like just team connected, like being connected. So it's like, we preach a message, Elisha, Brandon, Tommy, Cole Schoolcraft, like our senior leaders were like, hey, man, like coach says this, like this is what we got to do. Like, and so like we told him, like, we got to treat this like it's do or die. We've been good in the past, but we got to treat this to do or die. And it's just, man, we we battled. But like that championship game, man, we lost uh, Indiana, Indiana Kokomo, IU Kokomo at their place. And I remember, I'm not going to lie, after we won our, our uh, to go to the championship, it was either between, I believe it was IU Kokomo and IU East. And I kind of got paranoid as a coach, like, who would you rather play? I'm like, well, we beat IU East twice pretty handily, um, both at our place and their place. But I always get scared of playing a team the third time. And Kokomo already beat us. So I said, honestly, I'd rather play Kokomo. And sure enough, we got the got that straw. And that, that, was, that was one of the – I still remember that moment, man. I get goosebumps. But to go through that and just have – accountable guys like you know it was one of those teams like you really didn't have to discipline a kid because the team would do it for you you know like guys weren't making touches like teams you know like hey you got to run another touch or guy guy was, wasn't running well another guy would like Elisha would step in and run with the freshman so it was it was surreal because it showed me how mature those guys were and it showed me like coach Williams was all about culture and like for being there for 17 years like you could see like it was like the Bob, you know, and he's at, you know, he's the head coach now at Fork Union. And, you know, whenever the day is I'm an assistant coach, when I can recruit, I want to go up there because I know that man is going to not only give me good players, um, but I know that man's going to produce the men. And I, I miss, he is the most organized man I've ever been around for practices, man. So it was surreal just being around a leader as a coach and the leaders as players. And there was a championship mindset. And that's, you know, that's exactly how we won. Yeah, I got to meet uh, Coach Williams a few weeks ago, uh, visited Fork Union, definitely high-character guy. I actually spoke with Ryan Wise earlier today, so it's funny no. to mention uh, my man Ryan. Exactly, yeah. Those, those two guys, are they have a special place in my heart forever. You talked about the level of playing uh, NAI and talent level. Talk about the, the level of coaching. Yeah, uh, I mean, that level, man, like I, I have – so much respect for not just NAI, but like, honestly, I got respect for coaches everywhere. Cause I've done the high school, 
I've done a small college. I've been in an, obviously I'm at my fourth D1 school, but I just have a special like respect for non-division one coaches, whether it's NAI, D3, D2, JUCO, whatever it is, man, because like you got to do everything. You know, like I'm lead assistant coach, but you got to be DOPS. You got to be the recruiting coordinator. You got to be the academic advisor. You got to, you got to, you know, you got to be like the recruit, you know, you got to make sure you got to help out with scheduling. Like you got to do everything. And I just, I see some of these guys who coach at this level for such a long time. Like uh, I'm part of the nations of coaches and, and one of the guys I, I really value there and just a great mentor for me. And I love talking with them every time was Mike Lightfoot, Mike Lightfoot to me, I don't think like, I think you could take Mike Lightfoot or Bob Williams and place them at XYZ D1 school. I honest to God truly would believe that they would have the same amount of success, if not a little bit better, because there's more because of the resource part. But coaching down there, man, you gotta be like, you gotta be like, I, I just there's a there's a type of grind I see from like the non-D1 coaches and they take pride in it. Like Bob, you know, Bob just he uh, one thing he stuck out to me he's like i treat west virginia tech like bob huggins this is my wvu i'm bob huggins and this is my wvu i'm bob williams this is this is my west virginia tech and i remember him saying that in practice and you could just i mean he literally like, he took he didn't just say it he took it to heart through his actions words deeds thoughts like talking about the program talking about the guys and and that's what just showed me and being around like you know ryan wise you know, obviously your background, bro, like everyone, everyone who's got like, you know, the small college experience is like, it just show I have like a, 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 the biggest respect for those guys. Cause like they treat it like a Roy Williams would treat Carolina or coach K would treat Duke, you know? So it's, it's been, it definitely just shows me like, I don't really think level matters. It's where you fit and where you can be most productive at. No doubt. Uh, Coach Keno Davis brings you on staff as a GA at Central Michigan. What was it like to be back at the D1 level? I'm sure you're traveling and eating just a, a slight bit better than uh, <laughs> WVU Tech, but, you know, talk right. about that. Right. So, so at that point, Coach and I had talked, Coach Williams and I had talked. I was like, you know, I want to – he's like, Coach Williams, Coach McDevitt, and Coach Hunter were like, go get your master's degree. Like, if you're going to climb in this business, like, for and like, it's something, like, it's a personal, it was a personal goal for mine, because my dad, my dad's, like, my, my hero, and he, he'd got his master's degree, and I always told him, like, you're not going to be, like, the quote, quote, unquote, smartest guy in our family anymore, so, um, I, I, I was, like, so, kind of coach, he's, like, hey, I want you, Coach Williams' whole plan was, I want you here for about a year, and let's find you a GA spot, because he, you know, Coach Bob had a big coaching tree, and he just wants to see all of us grow, so, I've been looking around. I was a, I was a finalist for Coach Beard at Texas Tech, um, and uh, didn't didn't get the job. A lot, reason I respect Coach Beard this all time with Central Michigan is Coach Beard called me and talked to me on the phone for about half an hour and just like, hey man, it was you were right there. It just it had nothing to do with you. It was about fit. He goes, but what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna use your resume and I'm gonna just blast it out to people. So Joey, Joey Cool, uh, Joey Cool, man, that's my guy, Joey the Dobo. I own a Joey, was a GA at Texas Tech. Joey and I got close through camp and disconnected. And so I remember I looked, I looked and I saw, um, I saw, hey, I saw the Dobo at Central Mission was open on Indeed. So I, I reached out to my friend, Jake Bullock, who I met at Marquette camp one summer. And he's like, hey, nah, the, the, the GA Bobby Nobert just got the job. He goes, but I think they're looking for another GA. So he reached out, called Bobby, and then called Chris Davis, 
So Chris Davis and I got connected and interviewed me and went through the process, got into grad school there. And sure enough, lo and behold, got there. It was fun being back D1, had all the, you know, like the, you said, like more food, you know, less responsive. I didn't feel like I had to do everything, but still did my job there. I mean, I love being back. Keno Davis is by far one of the most high character people, like not just coaches, people I've ever been around. I love Keno Davis, man, a great guy. You know, uh, man, man would buy, you know, one day just, hey, Rob, let's go grab lunch and get everybody, what you know, get everyone what they want for lunch and come with me when we eat lunch. Christmas, you know, just a little extra, extra Christmas present here and there, you know. So it was good to be back with those staff and just get back into the flow of D1 and kind of get my feet set. So it, it was a great experience for me. Sounds like it. You coach Malik Muhammad, who was featured on Last Chance U. How neat was it to see him? on the Netflix series, especially while he was playing at Central Michigan. <laughs> yeah, Malik, Malik Muhammad, man. Uh, shout out to my boy, Leek, big Leek. Uh, Malik, you know, everyone, you know, when, he, when we recruited him, I remember going on Twitter and someone said, you know, uh, last chance you star Malik Muhammad commits to Central Michigan. So I called Chris Tiff, coach Chris Tiff, who recruited him. He goes, yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be on the new basketball version of last chance you. So I got to know Malik. Malik, I probably was closer with you know Malik was one of the guys I was close with at CMU. Um, great guy, man. So how do y'all see him at Last Chance? You like the goofy, happy-go-lucky? Like he's just a six-nine big kid. Like loves dancing. Like the I mean Malik, Malik on a bad day. If he had a bad day, honestly, and I had like I'd have some bad days, um, whether it was weather related or after a loss or anything, and I just I'd make it a mission to talk to Malik. Because Malik was a Malik's a joy giver, and uh, Malik is, Malik is a great. He's a great, great guy. He works hard. He cares about his game, and he cares about his teammates. Um, so it was cool. Like I, you know, during the season, watching him. Last chance, you like you have, you know, you have a key block in a game, and he's doing it versus Eastern Michigan the very next night. So solid player. He's now, you know, he's now at Southern Utah. So by natural ability, like I'm a bandwagon Southern Utah guy for number 25 over there. So great guy. My, I got love for that guy. And he's going to be, he's going to be great. Once the ball stops dribbling for him, which hopefully he'll have a long, long career, but he's going to be a great person for this, for the society. In your second season as a GA, uh, you know, tough, tough loss. You guys lose to uh, division two Flagler, obviously probably one of the low points of the season, even though it, they go on to make the final four of the national D2 tournament. You know, I've, I've been in some tough losses. What was the locker room like after that? Uh, so that trip, I actually, uh, I didn't go on that trip. It was my scout. I didn't go on that trip because I had uh, contact tracing because of COVID, but I watched the game and was texting some of the guys. And it just, I, that, that was like a big dagger. Cause I was watching from my, you know, I'm watching from my room locked up because of, quarantine so my mood was down so I was like all right let's get let's get a win let's get a win but just go back to like the low level or the a different level of non-d1 man like they had two I believe they had both both their backcourt I know one for a fact was an Arkansas Little Rock, Rock transfer but I mean again that's why people can't smirk at what level you are and those guys I, I watched their game the night before and I, I was on FaceTime with coach Chris Davis and I was like man coach like they you know he's like they played FIU semi-close you know we lost FIU like I was kind of I was low-key I was kind of nervous about that and sure enough they came out there and just they 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 just they went out there with you know they went out there with blood 
like it was like shark shark like dumping blood in the water in the ocean just watching a shark so he's like they they took what they want man so it was a hard loss it was a hard loss you could tell when the guys got back it like it just didn't sit right it didn't sit right and obviously social media can be your best friend as a coach and in 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 a player and also be your worst enemy and i i remember just getting on twitter man and it's just seems like the nasty nasty remarks you just got to get used to it as we all know but you just see nasty remarks and you know it's one thing to me like yeah you know you talk about this that and the third but like you know i don't like when people get personal with it talking about you know whether it's my head coach or my players you know so it was hard i ain't gonna lie like that was that was probably out of all the losses that was probably the toughest loss i've ever had in my career Ultimately, the school parted ways with Coach Davis. I think if you're in the business long enough, it, you know, it happens. What went through your mind when you found out? I know that, you know, Coach Williams at West Virginia Tech, you know, he left on his own. Right. You know, he legitimately, you know, retired, resigned. What went through your mind, though, hearing uh, Coach Davis and, uh, you know, just being no longer at Central Michigan? Right, right. So, I mean, it's just I remember coming into work like it was any other day and, you know, we were two of us, Chris Reeves and I were graduating. Um, so it was like, I were, you know, obviously I wanted to give my all for CMU until my very last day. Uh, Cause I wanted to leave on a very positive note, no matter what the record was. And Kino, coach Kino has done well by me. And I remember coming down my office, coming down to the office and it was kind of like a ghost town. I was like, what's, you know, all the doors were shut and, and uh, I didn't know what was going on. So I was kind of sitting around and sure enough, like, Coach sees me in the hallway and goes, "Hey, Rob, it's been you know it's been a pleasure working working with you." And he was, I was like, "What, well, Coach? What's going on?" He goes, "Hey, I, he's like, we we just gotta let go." And I just it was like a, it was like a glass shattering moment, you know. Like you see it, you and I both, anyone go on hoop dirt, coaching changes. Like you see, it, so we all see it. It's different when it happens, like for the coach you work for, and especially for someone that you care about. Um, that was hard. Um, it's business. We get it. I totally get it. It's just, like I said, it's different when it's you and you're part of it. So it was, it was kind of a scramble, man. Like, so, you know, again, like I, I turned off social media because it just, again, I just, at the end of the day, I think people need to understand, like, no matter you like the coach or not, like what they're doing or not, that's, you know, but don't to me like this at the end of the day, this is how these men and women pay for like their kids to have food at night. This is how they pay for their gas in their car. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I've told some of my friends who like say stuff about coaches and they're not in coaching. I was like, man, I'll make me showing up to your accounting job or your, you know, your financial advisor job and being there clapping, hoping you mess up. And then just like going on Twitter saying, you know, and, like, and some of them, like, they all like, well, I didn't realize. I said, yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's crazy. And we all used to be like that as kids or whatever, but it was tough, man. It was tough because I love I love Coach Kino. He's a great guy. Um, just a bright encouragement. So it was tough seeing coaches, you know, obviously like, you know, Coach Coach Mosini, um, Coach, Coach Chris Davis, you know, those guys took care of me. And then Coach Chris Tift. Um, Coach Chris Tift has really stuck out to me at CMU, man. He's just, he's all, you know, I still text him. He and I will text back and forth. Um, it's like inside jokes and just you know, whatever, whatever, you know, we use, he and I used to joke about or music. He's a big music guy. So we'll still text about music, but it was just weird. Like I had to see some of like guys I care and love for kind of have to sit there and say like, what's next? You know, you have some of these coaches have like coach Mosini just had a young, like he, he, his wife was pregnant and he had, he had a two-year-old coach, coach Chris, 
Coach Chris, uh, Coach Chris Tift had uh, he had he had a daughter in, in uh, she was a freshman in high school. You know, and Coach Chris Davis was married. His kids were growing up, but still like, you know, the, he was he's you know he's coming towards the end of his career. You know, so you you wish you could kind of see that, like the perfect ending for everybody, no matter what it is. It's just tough, and it was also tough for like you know for Chris and I because you know you need these guys to help you get jobs, um, but it's like it was kind of tough because like hey. And you'd kind of honestly, I felt awkward and tough because I'd be like, "Hey, coach, can you can you contact this guy? Can you contact this guy?" And you know, I finally just told him, "I was like, I gotta be patient with these guys because they're looking for their own jobs too. Like, I want them to be. I don't want you know. I got I was settled. First thing I was like, I want to see these guys settled into their jobs. You know, so it was tough, man. It was really tough because it was just personal. Um, obviously, is just you want to see the people you care about the people that look out for you want to see them like land on their feet or figure out what's going on and so it was tough it was it was pretty tough man now fortunately you land on your feet you're the you know dobo at mcneese state how's life been down at uh, lake charles man i i love it man like my my uh i remember praying you know i i was like you know what man i'm just because Coach McDevitt said this in his press conference. He goes, worrying is a sin. And I've been worrying a ton um, about that job. And I, that stuck with me in his press conference. So I was like, you know what? It's like, I'm, I'm going to take, I'm just going to apply for everything I see and get, and I was in, I was in the ends for a few jobs, didn't get it. So I remember I was on vacation. Um, the family, they like my second family. I still call them mom and dad. And like, you know, my, they, I was with my little sister who plays volleyball at UNC Charlotte and my little brother who just graduated from Chapel Hill and I was like, I, I spent a week out in Kiwa Island and I was looking for jobs. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to, I'm not going to, I was like, I'm going to enjoy my summer. Cause I had put so much stress from COVID. Um, like COVID put a stress thing on all of us, not just coaches, like the whole world. So I was like, you know, I'm just not going to, I'm going to do my thing, but I was like, I'm going to rest and relax. I need this. And I'm going to kind of go from there. And sure enough, I, I, I really, I was resting, relaxing. I got, it was my second day there. And uh, Brian Bender, who had connected with one of my good friends, great friends, Vince Thibodeau, now at Salem. Vince and I connected super well through Bob um, and through Nation of Coaches. And then Vince connected Brian and I. Uh, Brian, Coach Brian's helped me out with a few jobs in the past, getting me in. And so I remember he called me and he was, hey, you know much about making me stay? I said, yeah, like I, my sister lives down here in Ponchatoula. My mom, everyone my mom's side went to LSU. My dad went to Tulane, like Louisiana, my second home. So I was like, yeah, I know McNeese. I've never been out there. And he goes, hey, the Dobo just left. Would you be interested? Um, because I can as I can try to get things rolling over there for you quick. Would you be interested in getting that job? I said, yeah, absolutely. So he's like, all right, keep an eye out. He goes, I'm going to send you this. He's like, this is my old boss. I worked for him at JUCO, Thomas Gray. I'm going to send you his number. So I was like, all right, perfect. So I'd be lying to you if I'm sitting there at the beach. I was sitting there at the beach one day. It was my sister and I sitting there at the beach and I had my phones like sitting there. I was trying to read a book. She goes, I told her, I was like, hey, I'm not going to worry about it. And I'm sitting there with my phone the whole time, kept checking it, trying to read uh, a Jimmy Dykes book. She goes, she goes, Rob, give me your phone. I was like, what do you mean? She goes, give me your phone. Like you're checking your phone like every minute. I was like, yeah, you're right. So sure enough, the next day I wake up, get a phone call, Thomas Gray, connected to Coach Gray, heard a lot of good things about Coach Gray, just great human being, saw his background. He was telling me about Coach Aiken and the program here. Um, so he kind of connected me, we got to know each other. So later that week, same later that week, towards the end of the week, I got a call, phone call from coach John Aiken and we connected, talked about program and you know, he's like, Hey, when you get back from vacation, um, he's like, let's keep talking, try to get you down here for a visit. So while I'm on vacation, I'm like, you know, 
I sent him my resume cover letter. I had other coaches reach out and I sent him like my portfolio of stuff like video edits, scouts I've done, meal plan, hotel, all that. So I came here on a visit, man. And uh, like, you know, about like not soon after I left from the beach, came here on a visit for a day. And you just know when you know, like you're supposed to like, this is a spot, like, you know, and I remember just coming here on a visit and, and, and watching the guys practice, seeing Lake Charles and Louisiana as a special place, like I said, for me, so like seeing, it's always weird for me. It's like seeing a hurricane, like from the news, but then coming down here and like seeing debris, they're not, I mean, we're practicing right now. We're practicing right now in the, uh, in the rec center. So, um, you know, just seeing like personal, like the hurricane stuff that's happening right now. So when coach Gray was driving me around, I was like, man, like this, this, I want to do something myself to help out Louisiana. So ended up on the visit, man, just watching practice. And you just see that some guys are like, you know, I liked about this, I love about this team. It's like Remy, Remy Robert is a Juco transfer walking at Wichita State. He's a walk-on here, but like he doesn't carry, like he, he there's something, I remember just like seeing this kid, like there's something sticks out about this kid. You know, seeing guys like Jonathan, you know, Jonathan Lucas, six, seven kid from Mississippi. I was like, there's something about this kid. You know, Christian Shoemate, Brendan Medley Bacon. I said, I just, there's a connectivity with all these guys. And, you know, so sure enough, that night coach went to a uh, Zeus, a Greek restaurant here. And it's kind of like our staff restaurant here. They know us all by name. And he offered me the job and I slept on it. And I got to the airport the next day and I called, uh, I called him. I was like, I was like, yeah, he's like, you got your new director of ops here. And I got here early July, July. I got here July 5th and just been grinding, man. And just, you know, like I said, we're not even in our, I'm not in it. We're in our business center right now. We don't like, like this is our makeshift office. We're practicing in the rec center right behind me. Um, we're about to go back and forth over to Burton Coliseum, our old gym. And like, we're not supposed to be in our new, like our old arena, which is like three years old. We're not supposed to be there till January. So it's uh, it's surreal, but it helps me appreciate it. And what I love about these guys and these coaches is no one complains. Like our guys are division one athletes and they're not complaining about practicing the rec. So I feel like we have something. Coach Aiken's done a great job with the foundation here, man. We have something special going. And to Coach Gray, I, this is probably my favorite staff I've been around. I just joke around like Coach Gray, Coach Mike, Coach Boog, you know, Tavon Sadler, Boog Sadler, man. Like he, you know, just seeing these guys, our GA, our managers. So it's a very special place here. Yeah, I remember being in Louisiana when they were talking about the new uh, facility. I'm, I'm glad they they have it up and running. Um, Southland Conference lost seven or eight teams this last season. How difficult was it to fill that non-conference part of the slate? Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, we 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 got a got a good little conference, our uh, non-conference slate, man. You know, we're coaches here did a great job. Mike, Coach Mike Monahan did a great job of scheduling, and Coach Aiken as well. But you know, got a few local, you know, drivable games in like SMU and TCU, and then Coach Will Wade and Coach John Aiken are. You know, Coach Will Wade is actually a heavy influence on Coach Aiken's career, so. We're going to be playing uh, LSU, which I know, like, I know my whole family's going to be there for that. And I've uh, got a nice little Thanksgiving tournament, get to play one of my, uh, get to play one of my great friends. I met at uh, Virginia Tech camp, Josh Bryant for, so I get to play North Carolina A&T, you know, go out West. So it was pretty good. No, I mean, we're pretty responsive and, you know, we're already kind of working on for next year. So it's going to, it's going to be fun, man. We're kind of all over the place. So it's, but it's going to be fun. I'm a big fan of Miles Lewis, and I remember Brendan Medley Bacon from uh, his time at Coppin. How have they looked this season? And, uh, you know, next time you see Miles, tell him to have his dad get back on Twitter. He was one of my favorite follows. Great guy. <laughs> Lander's my guy. 
I got, yeah, not nah, seeing, uh, that's one thing I remember, you know, one thing I was told, like coach, you know, coach Gray came from University of Mississippi with Kermit Davis. And then coach Mike came from Mississippi State. And they were like, hey, like, I'm gonna be real, like the talent level, he's like, he's like, you could place majority of our guys in those practices and they'd flow right in. And I mean, I've just watched our, I just watched our younger team kind of just give it to our, our older guys just now. Like it was like 21 to 15 um, after the blue team or yeah, the older guys, the blue team today, it was kind of, they beat them twice, but the black team for the last game, like some of these guys, I love it. Cause you see like Miles Lewis, man, Miles Lewis is one of the best. I, he got this look in his eye. I told him this was like, he's got this like Drew Holiday, Kawhi Leonard look on defense. Like he, his, his whole goal is I'm going to stop you and disrupt you and make you uncomfortable. Brandon, Brandon Medley Bacon, one of the best seven footers I've been around. Just, he's smart. He's a smart, he can pass super well. He shot a mid range shot today, working on his three game. Um, you remember him, a cop. And so you, you definitely remember like that dude, that dude is, he was one of the best shot blockers in the league. Uh, and, in all of America, I believe we're all going to be seeing that consistently here. So, you, you know, get guys like John John Massey's a freshman, but I mean, he was on the circuit. Trey English was teammates with uh, Justin Lewis at Marquette um, in Baltimore. And uh, you know, I mean, so you're seeing, I'm seeing two freshmen right now, two of our freshman point guards, they playing like they grown men, you know, and you got your guy, you know, Jonathan Lucas, man, like there's the sky's the limit for that kid. He's kind of like, I call him the diamond in the rough. Um, you know, Zach, Scott, Harwin, Francois, we have a great, great squad, man. I think, I honestly, I have a high hopes for these guys and I believe in them. And there's a lot of connectivity. Like, you know, we, we can all hang out together. We watch the NBA finals together as a staff and, and you know, players, you can, you can, we all, we all played a uh, FIFA at coach Aiken's house, which by the way, if he says he's, if he ever tries to bet you like anything on FIFA, don't believe him. He, he will kill you. Like I didn't even try to pick up the controller. That man is—that's the best FIFA player I've ever seen in my life. Um, but it's just fun seeing like the connectivity with everybody. So we, I think, talent-wise, we have it, and I believe with the team camaraderie and relationships, we all have it too. Awesome, and coach, we've come to the segment I call "Start Bench Cut." Still looking for a sponsor. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you know, you start one, bench one, and cut one. Gotcha. Fila, Reebok, Converse. I'm going I'm I'm to start I'm going to start Converse I'm a bench Reebok I'm a cut feeler okay uh, cookout Raisin Cane's Chick-fil-A oh man see now see you know you got me all split up but I'm going to have to stay with my hoop state roots cook, cookout I'm, I'm keeping cookout and benching Raisin Cane's uh, and I love Chick-fil-A, but you got to go. You can't, you can't match up with those two. Man, at 4 a.m., I'm going to sound like I'm, I'm crazy, but 4 a.m., I was ha having a hankering for uh, Raising Cane's, and the closest one's like three or four hours away, and I was like, right. oh, my God, I miss it. It's good. It's good. Uh, Hoosiers, Glory Road, Coach Carter. Ooh, Coach Carter, I'm, I'm starting. Uh, oh, Coach Carter, I'm starting. Glory Road, I'm benching, and and Hoosier, I'm uh, cutting. Uh, Netflix series, House of Cards, Orange Is the New Black, Ozark. Ah, see, I this is bad, man. Like, I don't, I haven't seen any of those, so my my opinion might be a little off on that. No, that's good. <laughs> that means you're working hard. Yeah, right, right. I I don't know what to say about those. I I you know I keep hearing. I, I'll go ahead because everyone's been telling me to watch the show. So I'll, I'll say 
Ozarks will start. Uh, I'll bench House of Cards. I've had people recommend me that, and then I haven't heard anyone recommend me Orange is the New Black, so I'll cut that. Last one, Coach. Uh, hoop Dirt, Verbal Commits, Transfer Portal. Keep it, keeping Hoop Dirt at starting. And you said uh, it was it was verbal commits in the transfer portal. Yep. I'm a bench. I'm a bench me personally, I'm a bench the transfer portal. Yeah, keep that in the back pocket because that's big time. Yeah, I've seen your roster, so I knew that wasn't getting cut. Yeah, that's not getting cut, man. That's that's kind of how we got the whole squad here, you know. So, coach, uh, you know, if listeners want to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Email, social media, what have you? Yeah, uh, my email's on the McNeese website, man. I'm I'm a uh, I was a type of guy that reached out to a bunch of people and I'd either hear back or not hear back. So I, I, I want to extend my, uh, I really do want to extend my, my gratitude for those people done well by me. Like Stan Johnson's my big brother, man, met him at Marquette camp and I still text him. He had coach at LMU now. I text him. I've been text. I've known him for years. I'd be able to text him back and forth. Um, I want to be able to do that. What coach Stan has done for me to anybody else. So email, Social media, man, I'm not one of those dudes that, you know, on my Twitter, like if I, if you, you know, I'm not going to follow you, you don't follow me, whatever. I don't, I don't do that. So like follow me on Twitter um, at make at McNeese coach Rob, I'll follow you back, DM me, um, whatever. And the will exchange phone numbers there, man. Like I, I, I want to like this game to me and coach Hunter used to tell me this all the time. Like if, you know, stay positive and try to find a way to make that situation or those people better. So like I, I don't care if you I got a special place in my heart for all, all the all the D1 managers out there, man. Um, y'all can do it. Um, I Frank Vogel is a perfect example of it, but there's plenty of us out there. Um, but like I, I want to be I honestly, whatever I can do, whether it's advice, getting your resume, helping you get to a camp, helping you out with, with you know, with a recruit scheduling, whatever it is, man, ain't nothing too big or small for me, man. I want to connect with people. It's all about relationships. So that, that's a great way, email and social media. And then, I, and then we'll exchange phone numbers. Awesome. Coach, who are three guests I should have on the podcast? Three guests. Let's see. I, I, I'm definitely going to go Co- Coach Bob, Coach Bob Williams at Fork Union. Um, that man, that man is, that man is the living legend himself. Uh well, my bet, my best, one of my best friends in the business, uh, Dobo, former Dobo at Marquette, now at University of Albany, Dan Madhavapalil. Um, like, golly, talk about someone with a big heart and it's like a, like I mean, when Dan walks into a room, like the light is glaring. Dan Madhavapalil. Um, and then, I honestly, this this guy, um, this guy is a good one, and I think hearing from hearing a former player. One of the best catamounts I've um, in Western Carolina history. He's now he was a GA from Memphis. Now he's at D two Lander. Um, I probably, hopefully, will be working with this guy one day because that's my brother for life. Mike Brown um, from Charlotte, North Carolina. I get my hoop state guys. I love Mike Brown. Smart, like you could tell Mike as a player. Like I always, I always put Mike as a coach. Um, and sure enough, so I'd say Bob Williams, Dan Madhavapalil, and Mike Brown. Sounds like three winners. Coach, can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast and uh, look forward to watching McNeese State uh, run through the Southland this season. Yes, sir. We need it, man. I appreciate you letting me uh, let me on. And uh, hope, hopefully, like I said, if I can be of any help to any listeners, let me know. And uh, God bless you all and appreciate you, brother. And gotta stay connected. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Box Score podcast. 
Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and rate five stars.